Bodily autonomy is the most basic and powerful form of dignity. It means that your body belongs to you and you have agency to decide what happens to your body, your health and your safety. But that isn't the case for everyone. Already throughout the 2023 legislative sessions, politicians across the country introduced 124 bills restricting LGBTQ people targeting their freedom of expression, the safety of transgender students, and access to healthcare for gender dysphoria. And this isn't just a conversation that's happening in our politics. It seems that everyone has an opinion on trans bodies. So for today's focus on body image, we are dedicating an entire episode to hear from trans folks directly and having an honest conversation about their bodies because trans bodily autonomy should not be up for debate. This is Uniquely Milwaukee. It's everything you love about community stories, but more in depth. Giving the stories the time and attention they deserve. Changing perspective one episode at a time. I'm your host, Salam Fathayed, and this is Uniquely Milwaukee. Stories that stick with you. So Element, welcome back. Yeah. We are moving forward. We're on our third episode. Mm-hmm. And on this episode, we're shifting our focus to center the narrative of trans individuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, having already engaged in really deep conversations uh, with men and women about their bodies. And now we're kind of exploring the intersectionalities of transness within this topic. Do you think today's conversation is going to go a little similar than what we've heard in episode one or two oh, or no. different? <laughs> No, I I think that when you're talking about how people feel on the inside, we all have a similar story. We feel like who we feel like we are, right? Mm -hmm. But what happens when that feeling on the inside doesn't match your outside? Yeah. I think this conversation is going to be drastically different from any of the other conversations we've had because... The other conversations, those people grew up in those bodies. Yeah. They, they are talking about those bodies right now to this very day. They are still looking in the mirror and breaking down their identity based on what they learned and who they know they are. These individuals had to have a shift in their whole world, and it didn't mm-hmm. just impact them. It impacted their friends and families around them. So to start this conversation, I'm speaking to two folks from the MKE LGBT Community Center and speaking to two program coordinators. At first, we're talking to Beck Strait. He's the Transgender and Gender Nonconforming Program Director, and then Aaliyah Hughes, and she is the Youth Program Director. Beck speaking first. What is your relationship like with your body at this state and time too? Ooh. Yeah, you big know. question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just diving right into it. Yeah, I mean, I generally have a pretty complicated relationship mm-hmm. with my body. Not, you know, partially because of being trans. I mean, being like raised as, you know, a young girl and like mm-hmm. a woman and all of that also. I think from a very young age, I was... Uh, told to think about my body in in certain ways. And so it's definitely over the years been pretty complicated. Mm -hmm. Um, I've luckily been moving in a direction of more acceptance of my body, but it's still, like you said, it's, it's hard to 
detach that thing of like, oh, well, if I'm not, you know, I, I do like to be a fairly active person, but it's also being raised and being told from a young age, like, well, if you're not exercising, you should feel bad about your body. Mm, it's hard to yeah. separate, you know, doing active things because I like them and they feel good and they bring me joy versus feeling like I need to in order to feel good about myself. I'm trying to detach those two yeah. thoughts at this stage of my life. Yeah, it's all it's all a work in progress, but I appreciate your honesty. Quick follow up question to that, you know, with your background and your family and also feel free to go as deep or as, you know, vague as you would like. Was there the expectations of like more raised as like being a girl being like feminine and you had to like kind of dissociate from that and find your own? Yeah, I mean, I think there was there was definitely some of that pressure I have a, an older sister as well. Mm -hmm. um, and from a pretty early age, we were both in the, the tomboy yeah. category. So it's kind of nice to have that support from my sister that way and also just have that other person who's older than you kind of exhibiting some of those traits. I think for us, I was lucky in that I have in my family structure. Uh, my dad was a stay-at-home dad and my mom mm -hmm. was the one that worked. And so we kind of had some challenging of those traditional gender mm -hmm. roles. Um, and my mom very much wanted to empower us to be strong, independent women in that kind mm -hmm. of way. But for us, it, for in my family, it still always kind of like came back to close. It was like, oh, you can like be strong and independent, but why don't you like to wear dresses? Like, right. you know, <laughs> it's okay to be a tomboy and run around with the boys and all that. But like, you know, when we're going to a nice function, clean up and put on a nice dress. And like, yeah. that was kind of the the pressure. Um, a dress and some combat boots. I mean. <laughs> <Yeah>. Demi Lovato. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Definitely in my like middle school years. <laughs> yeah. Love that. And what about you, Ilya? What is your relationship with your body? My relationship with my body, it's up and down um, just because of like my hormonal therapy and stuff like taking my hormone injection because um, like one minute, like my weight level will be down and then all of a sudden, like it will skyrocket through the roof because because with the hormones, they make you very hungry. And if mm. I don't eat, uh, I become like the cookie monster. Very <laughs> crazy. <laughs> so so I just try to find a balance. So um, like now um, I try to eat like more fruits and stuff. Um, I try to get a good meal in yeah. um, just like once a day, you know. And then because I used to be so active when I was um, like a kid, you know. Mm. Um, so I was always in dance class. So. Yeah. like I love to dance like so much and then the crazy part is like I still do it to this day like um like, I perform now and stuff and dance and stuff and I'll be feeling like all the weight be coming off me and stuff and I'll look at me I'll be like oh <laughs> I'll be wanting the instant results I don't know yeah. why yeah I get that I'm in a weight loss journey right now too and it's so Oh, it takes so long. You're like, I ate an apple. Let's let's shut, let the pounds go down. Yeah, it's hard. Yes, I wish mm. I had the four thousand dollars so I can just go get a BBL done yeah. <laughs> or something. <laughs> let's shift the gear a little bit to like body appearance satisfaction. You know, what can we learn about body image from people that have experienced a body that you know, or born with, or had that is different than what it's supposed to be? Like, did you struggle with that? Or have struggled with that? I think, you know, I I didn't really, like, grow up consciously knowing about transness or the trans yeah. experience. That's not something I had. I wasn't raised, like, 
super religious, but religious enough that I didn't have any of that kind of in my mind growing up. But definitely, like, I can I can think back and when I when people because I get the question all the time, like, how when did you know? How did you know all that stuff? And it's (laughs) like, you know, I didn't. I didn't know consciously for a long time, like yeah. probably until I was in my early mid twenties. But I can think back to like when I first went through puberty the first time in, in middle school, which no one enjoys that mm. <laughs> to be to be frank. But yeah. for me, it was even like I I couldn't understand why I was so like upset by it and why I was so scared for certain things to happen. I remember like just trying to be like if I just like ignore it it'll be fine yeah. like if I just like pretend like nothing's happened it'll be okay which you can't do when you're growing breasts and starting to have a period and all that kind of stuff you can't really ignore Creeps it up on you you're like, <laughs> yeah it's like oh never mind but yeah I definitely I think I've not just being raised female but then with that added layer of transness like always very aware of my body, always very mm-hmm. aware of how people are perceiving my body and that kind of stuff. And it's it's really, you know, in my current role at the center, being able to talk with a lot of other trans folks and, and lead support groups and stuff like that, I feel like I have the conversation all the time also about not only trying to break down and, and embrace my body like we all need to, like mm-hmm. you're saying, like it's a universal experience, but feeling as though I don't have to then be the the most cis looking man I can possibly yeah. be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not have to be that. The, the experience that any way in which I express my body, any way in which my body looks, not only is trans, but is right and is valid for so many different reasons. And really just just trying to embrace and, and break out of those those boxes Mm -hmm. say all bodies are good because all bodies are good i think for myself like when i was growing up like everybody told me i was built like a girl because Mm -hmm. i was slim up here and then down below i had the waves i had the big booty and stuff like that you know um, just as a boy but when i started transitioning you know everybody always thought I was supposed to have way more you know uh, I was supposed to have the breasts um I'm supposed to go get like the I'm um, like the BBO done you know like yeah. to get my um like hips um put out and like get more but like I mean it's just what like the social media is like taking over like with girls just doing that you know but and like I like to tell everybody like I am a girl like just on the inside because you don't see your everyday girl like with like work done like like my mom never had work done so mm. like and then I had other people just telling me, you got to go get this work done because um, you're a trans girl. No, no, um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm still a trans girl. Like, um, I just don't carry myself as the girl who always has to have work done because I can just be natural um, as possible and stuff. And I can just still like live my life, you know, like um, I don't have to be like everybody else that's in like the magazines or anything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And I'm happy you brought that up because I think all of us have this like long struggle and internal battle of our inner self and then our physical external self. So from both of your opinions, do you think that identity matters in tying in with our physical body? Yeah, that's a good question. Because <laughs> it's like it does, but then also like and sometimes it doesn't, but it also does. Yeah. And I think when you said that, the, the thing that that reminded me of is a conversation I have with a lot of times about like like labels. Mm. 
like how labels can be empowering and important, but are also limiting. And yeah. I think the same can be said about identity and how that relates to our bodies, right? We, if, you, if you're familiar with the, the gender unicorn at all, is, I love the, the gender unicorn. <laughs> it's a very cute little unicorn. <laughs> um, if you don't know what it is, you can Google it. It's, it's great. But that makes a good point of breaking apart like gender identity and gender expression as mm -hmm. gender identity being something in your brain and gender expression being your outward appearance to the world. Yeah. Right. And so I think that there's there's definitely they can be linked. Mm -hmm. Right. And they are linked to that that person. But at the same time, it's that concept of your identity is a label that can be empowering and restrictive, right? And so I think the important distinction I'm trying to make, I guess, is like you can't tell someone's gender identity by their gender expression, mm -hmm. but someone's expression, like our clothes and our mm -hmm. haircuts and our makeup or not or anything like that is an expression of who we are. Mm -hmm. So to that degree, it is part of your identity because it's you trying to express the world whatever you want to express. Mm -hmm. um, does that mean that you can look at someone and know what that identity is just by what they're wearing? No. Mm -hmm. um, but it is linked to who we are. I mean, it's a, it's a choice we make every day yeah. what to put on. So. Mm -hmm. I love that. <laughs> Question to follow that. Is that something that you both struggle with to find that balance? I, I yeah, I, I do. So, some days more than others. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know that for my personal self, because I do personally identify as a trans man, but also, you know, not completely with that, a little bit with the non-binary identity, right? Yeah. Like I'm kind of stuck in there. I definitely, because I personally care about being uh, gendered by others mm -hmm. as like a man or basically I just really don't want people to like gender me female when I'm in public because that's something that matters to me. It does sometimes way in the back of my head when I'm getting dressed in the morning, right? And being like, well, okay, I can't wear that because that's too feminine and I don't want to go out mm -hmm. today and get misgendered. I, again, a thing that I'm trying to break down because right. like I don't want to care so much about that. I want to just wear what I think looks cool or cute or I feel good in or yeah. not care about what it says to other people. But it's really hard to break, break out of that mm -hmm. societal pressure. Yeah. So it's a hard thing to do. With me, I think I struggle. I'm like too much, cause like me, I'm I'm always girly. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, like I stay with my nails done. Um, I always put on eyelashes on when I want to, and my hair always stay done and stuff. And I always dress girly. So, but some people say like sometimes I dress like. <laughs> I just like too sexual. I'm like, okay, well, I got some nice boobs. I want them to yeah. sit up like sometimes, you know? So, like, I think that's like my only thing. Like, you know, but uh, I've been scaling back, you know, I, I started picking out clubs that are for work, you know? <laughs> um, and then and then I got to choose out stuff like when I do go like out of town or something like that, I can wear that out there. So Yeah. It's sometimes like I, I'm very heavy busted. So it's very hard to find things that are, you know, great for your body, but also like you, like a person without boobs can wear it and it won't be deemed as sexy. And yes. then once you have it, you're like sexualized. And you're <laughs> like, okay, cool. So I, I get that fine balance. 
Beck mentioned a little earlier that you didn't really, as a kid, understand the concept of transness until older. Was that something that you also a similar experience or was it different? Well, I knew about trans. It was actually when I was in middle school. We actually had like a trans woman like mm. in our school. So and then like before I seen her, like I always felt like a girl, you know, yeah. like um, I always wanted to be a girl. So when I seen her, I was like... I said, oh my God, she's doing what I wanted to do. Um, You know, Representation matters, especially when you see it in person. I was so sad, but then I always wanted to respect my parents, you know, like, because I didn't know, like, how they was going to feel about it. Mm -hmm. So... I actually waited until I was 20 years old to come out as trans, you know, because I just wanted to wait until I got out of my parents' house and stuff just to respect them. Like, my mom took it well, but, like, my dad, um, I didn't take it so well because, like, he had, like, these stereotypes of like what a trans person is like Mm. to do sex work and stuff like that and then I had to reassure him like you know my mother raised me the right way so like um, I know what to do like with my life you know so I would never do that you know so that's why I always strive like to be better you know and then right now me and my dad we have a great relationship Um, I remember one time I I went back home and so he got on the phone with one of his friends and he was like yeah um, I gotta talk to my daughter uh, uh, that just made me cry like (laughs) that's so beautiful thank you for sharing that insight you know it would be an injustice to talk about bodies and trans bodies if we didn't really acknowledge and I'm sorry it's going to be a shift but uh, (laughs) about you know the loss of trans bodies whether from suicide the alarming rates of suicide also murder Do you feel like there's a pressure of maybe like you don't want to? Is there an, a time period where when that those things are happening where you feel like you want to hide your body, or is it a, the opposite where it's mostly it's like a protest type of thing? Mm, I would say I want people to see, yeah. like yeah, I want to be seen because because I want to make sure that our community is heard, especially with all the murders, just of like trans women that's going on like right now. Our voice needs to be heard about that because you know nobody is really not coming up and stuff and trying to fight for that justice because like they still have parents, they still have families, you know, that is sitting um here wondering like, okay, um what happened to my daughter's case? Like, where is the justice for that? You know, mm-hmm. um like they just sit there and stuff and just wondering, like and it's just becoming like a crazy world. But like we just gotta show people that we're here and we are standing as one mm-hmm. just to tell the justice system, um like you guys need to do better when it comes to yeah 100 yeah i think i used to be more scared to be visible wanting to to hide and that kind of stuff but to lay's point i mean i it just got to a point where i was like okay well am i just gonna continually hide my whole life right mm-hmm. like i i had to reach a breaking point of so now i'm just not living my full life mm-hmm. because i'm scared that this whatever could happen right well, I that thing could still happen whether I hide or whether I'm really vocal. So I just made the choice like enough is enough. We need to speak up. Like I said, we need to we need more people talking about it. We need to all come together. We need all of those things. And so um, I just really had to reach a point of no, they're not going to make me smaller. That's that's what they want. Right. Mm-hmm. They want us, especially with the 
anti-LGBTQ, the anti-trans legislation yeah. across the country, the the murders in the city, any of those kinds of things. They just want us to shut up and go away again. And so, no, the most powerful thing I can do is to continue to be myself and do that proudly. I loved how Bex really was honest about how he was scared. Mm -hmm. And now it's, it's like, how much fear can I take and not be truthful to myself? And that was just... Honestly, I had such a great time talking to both of them because they gave me so much of their vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And I know we spoke a little bit about that with, for example, with Yomari, but on this case, them coming forward and talking about their trans existence can lead to violence. So mm -hmm. on top of that, I think it's, it's the truthfulness of saying, yes, I'm afraid. I see what happens when people live their truth, mm -hmm. but at what point do I let that fear literally decide yeah. what I'm going to do in life? Do I want to be happy for the time that I'm here or do I want to be fearful and conform? Mm. And I think that's a question that a lot of people ask who aren't even in the trans community. When you're at work, do you want to conform or do you want to be yourself? Yeah. Do you want to show who you are and your ethnicity and your what your natural hair really looks like, or if you're balding, do you want to just take that hat off and be comfortable and be yourself? And it's the same thing with this conversation. How much are we letting people who live outside of our bodies influence how we feel yeah. in our bodies? And dictate our truth. Another mm -hmm. thing that I thought was really interesting of having this conversation was that uh, they both had very different responses mm -hmm. when they <laughs> were younger. Bex didn't really understand trends as a, as a young person and really got into that identity in his 20s, where Aaliyah was like, I've always been a girly girl and had my nails done and I was always shaped like a woman. Right. Just It just shows that trans identity, like all other identities, is not a monolith. There's not one way to be trans. Yeah. And I think that it's all. it was also interesting to hear her say, even my friends were like, you're, you've always been shaped yeah. like a woman. Like that, that idea that when you decide how you want to present in the world and having your friends say, well, we already knew that. Like, yeah. tell me something new. That gives you a sense of freeness, I would assume. Mm -hmm. That, oh, I don't have to like explain this. This is yeah. something that's already understood and accepted amongst people that love me. I really loved when Aaliyah said that you know, because there's this added pressure of what a woman looks like. And she was like, well, my mom never got procedures. My mom never had to be bailed. And that's what a real woman looks like. Mm -hmm. And I think about that added pressure of just trying to obtain that desired look that goes across for all women, including trans women, of this I mean, ideal beauty. Yes. I love the fact that that was brought up because mm -hmm. if you don't look for it, if you don't know what you're looking for, you won't find it. But th now that I'm thinking about it, all of the even people who are just who are in the LGB community are trying to figure out this plastic surgery yeah. thing because it's happening everywhere and everyone is being judged by this unrealistic standard. Yeah. And I did love that part as well because women are taught to perform as mm -hmm. women based on the women that they see, right? So whether it's Barbie dolls or cartoons or your parents yeah. and the fact that she was like, my my parent didn't have that. So yeah. this, is, this is how I'm showing up in the world. Authentic, natural. That's so powerful. Uh, yes. Same thing for Bex, because he mentioned a little bit about I don't need to look like the most cis man. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm good with how I look now. And mm -hmm. that's that's a it's a really beautiful place to be in. And I know that takes a lot of like time to be comfortable with that. And it's an ongoing journey.
Support for 88.9 comes from your membership and the Greater Milwaukee Foundation. Through the Greater Together campaign, the foundation and community work together to build a thriving Milwaukee for all. Partnership ideas at greatermilwaukeefoundation.org. Hey Milwaukee, it's Uniquely Milwaukee's host, Salam Fatayed, inviting you to join us at Milwaukee Artist Resource Network in the Third Ward on Friday, April 28th for a pop-up exhibition about our topic for the month, body image. The evening event is open to the public and will include an exhibition of portraits of our podcast guests and community conversation around all things bodies. Attendees are also invited to participate in the project by getting their portrait taken at the event. For more information and to RSVP, visit RadioMwaki.org. Intersex and transgender are distinct, but oftentimes people confuse them. While a person who is transgender has a gender that is different from the one traditionally associated with the sex they were assigned to at birth, a person who is intersex was born with a variation in their sexual or reproductive anatomy, such that their body doesn't fit the typical definition of male or female. And even if they are distinct, the interconnected identities can coexist in one person. For someone that is intersex and transgender, their identity is shaped by a unique set of experiences and challenges. They may have been subjected to medical procedures and societal pressures to conform to the binary gender norms and may struggle to find acceptance and understanding from others. This brings us to Akari Wilder. My name is Kari Wilder. I'm 23 years old. I'm a trans masculine person and my pronouns are he, they. This is our conversation. And just to be aware, there are a few curse words included. So right now, how, how do you feel in your body? I, I love my body. I think a part of like why I love my body is like the, the care that goes into it. I think outside of like the, the norm, I kind of view my body as like it's, 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 it's an entity, right? It's, it's its own little little moving piece, but it's not like the whole thing. It's, it's what's kind of keeping everything, all the goodness that we hold together. A body is just a body. And as much as you take care of it and all those things, like that is what's going to make you love it. And so I kind of carry that philosophy when I'm thinking about my body. I love that. That is such a wonderful, positive perspective to put into, because I think a lot of times and I'll speak about myself is that I'm, I'm focused on maybe like my potential and not my body right now. And it's, it's really nice to be present and just to like accept and love your body. And it's easier said than done. But I love that you're in that headspace right now. And this might be sim- a kind of a similar question, but like, how do you define your relationship with your body? I think it's always been like a process. I think, um, I would never sit here and be like, oh, I, I got it from the beginning. This is definitely something that I'm newer to that I ever find myself being like, you know, I, I need to pause, right? Like sometimes I have physical disabilities. And so my relationship with my body is also changing, especially as I get older due to just old age or you're just doing different things. Like your body needs different types of relationships. It's like it's like a relationship that you have with any other person. Um, you need to be checking in. You got to ask, hey, you good? You okay? Um, what are your needs and wants? And so my relationship with my body now, I would say, is sometimes I'll be wanting to yell at my body, but hey, come on now. And, and, and also holding space for my body to body, you know, <laughs> 
you know, we, we are human as well. Like, so essentially you just need to let your body do what it needs and also provide those things as well. Yeah. So, and as a trans person, has that always been that case for you, like growing up or has it been like a journey to get to that point in your life? I think in transness, it's always been a little interesting because not only am I a trans person, but I'm also intersex. And so I think that that, that layers the conversation a little different. I think in my transness, loving your body when you're trans is so liberating. I want to say that it, it is so liberating when you can find space time to just be like, I love the body that I'm in and, and growing to be in and all those good things. Because I definitely struggled with that. I definitely struggled with the connection of my body to how I was feeling in my own transness. And I once, I'm not going to lie to you, would say it wasn't a war going back and forth in my head about, like, I always knew who I was. I was always this masculine person. I've always, like, really been always really hairy. Like, you know, and that, that, that's all related more to, like, the intersex part of it, right? However, in my transness, even, and doing some other transitional things, like, it has changed. The, it has changed as I've gotten older. Some things are more relaxed and some things a little bit more strict. And so I think for me personally, it's all about the day. It's all about the changing of the day and, and, and also progressing in what you need because it's really important, I think, personally, to be in touch with your body. Yeah. And, you know, you said it depends on the day. So do you do anything in specific of and bringing value back into that when you're having like a low or bad day? I think... When I'm having a low day, I just want to be by my other trans homies. I want to be by my siblings, my my community, because it never feels like a bad day when you're with them. We're all at different spaces. We're all in different capacities. Transitioning looks so different across the board that being in space with community, people who look and perceive and, 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 and live in the things that I'm living in, makes it feel like not a bad day. It really doesn't. That's so beautiful. Thank you for bringing that. So, you know, we we talk a little bit about just like body appearance satisfaction. And I, I think that this could be hold true for you, but I'll just speak about myself is that there's this idea of salam and in my mind, and some days I feel like I hit that and there's a lot of times I don't feel that way. Um, so I'm trying to build a place where I feel kind of like my value is not dependent on how I look. But do you think that when we're talking about body image and body positivity or just even self-esteem and um, how we're feeling, does your identity tie into your physical body? For me, it's like I have a certain level of disconnect with my body because it's like I said earlier, it's an entity. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a part of the mission to get where I want to go. And so for me, that does not hold such deep rooted value for me. As it, as it does for others. I think that it maybe is part of my transness is that because being like, oh, I'm trans and then and, and finding out I was intersex, like I think gender and sex for me has shifted so much throughout my life that it's become like an irrelevancy. <laughs> and it's something I can appreciate because it's something that makes me feel comfortable in the ways that I show up. And that's kind of like regardless of how I show up, I, I know that I'm a, at least a masculine person, right? And that's how I show up, where, however that looks or perceives that's that's my comfort level. And, and I hope that when I walk in that generalness of of gender and, and expression, that my body holds that and walks in that because I, I am me first and the rest will follow.
I want to speak a little bit about media because I think a lot of times, especially now with social media and TikTok and such, that there's an influx of information or people that we're seeing or ways of life. Um, do you feel like you're, you're represented in the media right now? I think there's an inherent disconnect of Black people and people of color and other minorities in our community being shown um, in the media that you don't get to see the fullness. You don't get to see the full, beautiful very culturally guiding way, specifically in the Black community. Transness is so beautiful. It really is. It is so beautiful when you enter spaces that have folks of color in them that are that are in their trans experience. It's loving and cultural so much. And the fact that we don't get to see it very often in media is sad. It's really sad because it, it's like being a gay gay man in today's society, you don't get taught that type of love. Right, being a lesbian today side, you don't get taught that type of love. Being being gay, point blank, period, you don't get to, you don't get to see or be taught that type of love, and so I think people don't have that luxury. You you sit in this lifetime, and you're wondering what your love can look like, and a lot of what you get to see from that is from media, from 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 the freeness that is being taken from us, seeing literal self-expression as in like drag performers being taken away from folks. And so I, I see a lot of just in general taking away from queer and trans bodies in media. And then when there is representation, it is very white representation. Everyone deals with body shame. What does body shame first of all mean to you or body shaming? And do you think it's, it's on the same level for everyone? Body shaming is people asking me questions and pointing out things or sticking to something, a bigoted belief system, right? Where you believe because I'm AFAB that I must have X, Y, and Z going on with my body. And the shame that that holds with people being so concrete in these very not binary ways, right? Like when we talk about sex and gender, none of those are binary. If you do some good research, and I'm talking about basic biology, folks, I'm talking about some, let's do some advanced biology. Let's, let's actually look and, and actually be receptive to actual knowledge that is out there, right? That for me, I don't hold a lot of body shame in, in the ways of the typicalness of, of folks shaming blankly. It's more or less in the acquisitiveness of my trans existence that is the most shameful that people don't get. I think that is what makes me <laughs> be a hermit a little bit. It, it is the passive references to my body in the ways it should or could or, or you should do this. All the shoulda, woulda, couldas, right? That to me feels like a whole lot of body shaming in the ways that you want my body to perceive or operate in a certain type of way. And it's not going to do that. It's just not. And to ask me to explain to you, like, why it has to or why it doesn't have to or why it can't just be what I said it was, that to me holds so much shame that you can't release that, you know, and that that is the most shameful thing for a lot of trans people is when people are overly inquisitive, questioning and, and wanting some type of overly concrete answer about who they are and who they said they were. What do you love the most about your body? I love that my body is just a little fucked up, to be honest. 
<laughs> like I, I've got a lot. I've got a lot of. <laughs> I got a little. I got. <laughs> I got a lot of scars, and there's been a lot of accidents and little like got lupus. Like, all, all all these things, right? And I think that I, I got told um, we we're talking about privileges, right? <laughs> and someone had recently just told me that I had pretty privilege in my community, and I was like, whoa, no. Y'all, y'all are liars. And then I had to really sit with it and, and, and deconstruct that. I don't have to believe these, this, 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 this for myself, right? However, the ways and the principles in which it is interacting in my life was true, right? Not, not saying that I didn't work for a lot of the things that I was getting myself into or doing. However, the um, leniency was definitely um, of pretty privilege and things like that. And my body's not, to me, conventionally attractive. I think it's just not. I think it's just got doing what it's doing. It's it's bodying, right? And to feel so much love and appreciation and also the things that my body's just capable of doing and, and, and being disabled, like I love my body. I I who some days it's hard. It's hard to to get out of bed sometimes. Like being disabled and black and trans does not always <laughs> make the, the physicality of being here the greatest. Uh, I would never be like, oh, great. And when I can sit down and, and take a deep breath, I, I can really say I can appreciate the body I was given. Um, it has allowed me to go and do and, and reach so many places that I, I can't help but feel love and appreciation towards my body. For sure. But for folks, do you have any advice for folks that are not there right now? Take it one day at a time. Like, I think it doesn't sound so fucking cliche, but like take it one day at a time and, and not even one day, take it one hour at a time. I'm not going to say like I sit here and perfect. I'm always happy with my body. Like sometimes I will sit here and, and talk the dirtiest trash about my body. Like, oh, all these things. And yeah. Yeah. You look in the mirror and be like, oh, I'm too X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Those are going to be days like that. And I am 110% person to ride the wave. Ride that motherfucking wave. Feel how you need to feel. Like outside of just this in general, I really am an advocate for letting people feel how they feel. Because <laughs> eventually, when you express those things, when you let those things out, when you are heard, when you are received, when you are loved out and cared for in the ways that you feel, it doesn't hold, it doesn't hold too heavy. It doesn't hold too heavy. And also when you have good people around you who are constantly giving you words of affirmation and are constantly being good people to you, it helps too. I'm not going to say this was a lonely battle. Like I did this by myself. I've had some really great people come into my life and support me in the ways that I really needed. But it also came from me by speaking and, and not being afraid to say, this is how I feel. This is where I'm coming from and being received. Is there anything else that you would like to add that maybe we didn't get into? I think that there's this nuance with how people engage with trans bodies and I also want to let you know that you did a really good job with the questions and the ways that you approach these questions because it didn't make me feel like it was just weird or or instigating or uh had some underhanded um second meanings to it I think when folks approach trans people it's fetishizing it's it's a spectacle it's something to 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 put on a tokenize to to use as a leverage to use as a martyr. And I think, let us be. <laughs> like, I think it is one thing that I, who, me, me and my people will scream to the to high heavens about is 
why won't you don't have to know all the things you don't have to be engaged or want to or have the capacity none of that shit the easiest thing you can do is let trans people be who they be and leave them the fuck alone I loved Akari. It was a it was a Girl. virtual interview, but oh it felt goodness. like I was right next to him. There's so much going on there. Yeah. Like oftentimes we think everything is black and white, right? Mm-hmm. And we think that we are the authority on decision making and we can determine what's best for other individuals based on our sense of morality mm-hmm. and upbringing. But in this situation, who should have the decision making power? Should the person. a parent, should yeah. a parent yeah. make a decision for a child they don't even know? Yeah. And they don't have the level of understanding of who this individual is going to grow up to be. Shouldn't they have the right to make that decision mm-hmm. when they come of age? Oh, of course. Yeah. If you ask my 12-year-old daughter, and we've had these conversations, what is the only thing in this world that belongs to you? Her first answer will be my body. It is the only thing in this world Mm -hmm. that I am obligated to protect. It's the only thing in this world that is mine, 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 that I have decision-making power over. And no one Mm -hmm. can take that from me. And it's the one thing in this world that I am bound to protect at all costs. And I think if we teach our children that and we come to our children and our families with that in mind, we would be much better people. Mm -hmm. Because... Everybody deserves the right to determine who they want to be, how they want to be seen, how they show up in the world. And it's only fair to give them that space to be able to do that. And when you start to take things away from people, decision-making power away from people, that's when it gets scary. Oh, for Based sure. on your morality, because your morality today might be totally different tomorrow. I mean, isn't that like a parent's job is just to mm-hmm. make sure that their child is... Happy, healthy, happy, safe. healthy, and safe, yep. <laughs> and just ready for the world. And and what what way to be ready is when you're comfortable in your self expression and you're you're confident in your self being. Happy, healthy, and safe. Element said it best. And when we're talking about bodies specifically, in this case, trans bodies, gender diverse bodies, intersex bodies, it's important to remember that because we want everyone to live freely, safely, and visibly especially in a time where there is a lot of anti-LGBTQIA speech, a lot of transphobic speech. So if you're someone that is trans or gender diverse and you're living joyfully and visibly, that is so great, it's amazing, but please remember to rest up a bit and prioritize your health. And on the flip side, if you are not transgender or gender diverse and you don't identify as that, but you want to become a better ally to help change the culture and make society a better, safer place for transgender people, but for all people, here are a few tips that could be useful. The number one is like you can't tell if someone is transgender just by looking at them. So don't assume that there may be a transgender person at any gathering or any space. And don't make assumptions about a transgender person's sexual orientation because gender identity is different than sexual orientation. And if you don't know what someone's pronouns is, listen to them first. We've all been in that position where we incorrectly used a different pronoun. And oftentimes that can be kind of a bit awkward. So just, you know, it's okay. It happens. You can apologize and correct your mistake and then move on. The bigger the deal you make out of it, the more uncomfortable it is for everyone. I think the last thing is just respect people. 
respect the terminology a transgender uses when they identify themselves, respect their body, respect their space, and know that there's no wrong or right way to be. Thank you for listening to this episode. We have one more left in this body series where we talk to people with disabilities. And if you enjoyed this series so far, make sure to attend our wrap-up party on Friday, April 28th. It's going to be a pop-up exhibition for the topic of this month, body image. It's going to be at MARN, Milwaukee Artist Resource Network in the Third Ward. And the event is going to be free and open to the public. And there's going to be a chance for you to talk about your body and take a picture of your body. More information will be at RadioMilwaukee.org. See you next week. This is your host, Salam Fathayed. Thank you to Nate Imig, our executive producer, Kiri Salinas, our audio production manager. Brett Krasgowski is our web editor. Thank you to our marketing team led by Sarah Lar. Graphics and our wonderful logo is made by Aaron Bagata. Our community engagement coordinator is Mallory Wallace and Dan Reiner handles our social media accounts. And a big, big thank you to our city-loving members for making Uniquely Milwaukee possible. If you haven't already, subscribe to our podcast and tune in next week for the next episode of Uniquely Milwaukee.